When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, this episode is sponsored by LEP Premium. I'm sponsoring myself again. I've just added a page on my website with loads of information about Luke's English Podcast Premium. So if you're wondering how reasonable the price is, what you get in episodes, how to get the PDFs, how many episodes there are now, and exactly how you can sign up, then go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info, and you'll find answers to some frequently asked questions about my premium content. And you can also sign up there if you like and then get access to all the premium episodes which are all about helping you build your English with me. So that's LEP Premium, Frequently Asked Questions, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Okay? Right, so shall I play the jingle now? Uh, No, actually, I'm going to play it later. First, let me tell you about this episode. So, this episode, this is number 665. This features a chinwag, that's a conversation, by the way, with Sebastian Marks, a friend of mine who's originally from New York. He's an American, but who's been living in France for the last 15 years. Long-term listeners might remember him from his past appearances on this podcast. You'll see links to those episodes on the page for this episode. Okay? Uh, So, Sebastian is a stand-up comedian who performs both in English and in French, and he was the one who first started doing stand-up in English in Paris. So, all of us comedians who perform on stage here in English, including Amber and Paul and Sarah Donnelly and others, we all have Sebastian to thank for originally giving us that opportunity, as he's the one who got the whole scene started in the first place with the New York Comedy Night, which he set up years ago. I invited Seb onto the podcast in this episode just for a bit of a chat, but also to test his knowledge of British English slang. I'm always interested to see how much my American friends know about my version of English. So that's what we're going to do. In terms of the general chinwag, we talk for the first 25 minutes or so about a few topics, including what he thinks of the Trump presidency, his learning of French. That's Sebastian's learning of French, not Trump's learning of... I don't think Donald Trump is learning French. I'd be surprised if he was. I can't answer your questions about the coronavirus. I'm too busy conjugating verbs. Um, So anyway, we talk about what Seb thinks of the Trump presidency, Seb's learning of French, and we talk about speaking French or English to French people, like, for example, waiters in cafes and the general stereotypes around uh, how French people react in those situations. So there's a bit of a chinwag. And then after about 25 minutes of of jibber-jabber, we decide to focus on language and you'll hear me testing Seb's knowledge of British English slang, informal spoken English phrases that most Brits know but which Americans are probably unfamiliar with. So this is slang. So you should know that things get a bit rude 
later in the episode with some references to sexual acts, you know, like sexual stuff, and also a few other fairly lewd and crude things like bodily functions and so on. Now, some of you are probably delighted to hear that, and you've got no problem with it at all, but I feel I should give you a heads up about rude content, just in case, I don't know, just in case you're a teacher listening to this in class or something. I'm just imagining sort of getting a message from a teacher who's used this episode or perhaps even having a conversation with someone, you know, like this. Um, Luke, I, I used an episode of your podcast in my young learners class the other day and, oh, you, you started talking about assholes and chests. It was quite awkward. And I'd have to say, oh, oh dear, I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Crawley. I should have provided a, a warning of some kind. I trust this will not affect my daughter's entry into the Royal Academy in September. Well, perhaps you should come for tea and we can discuss it at length. I have one or two things to say about you and your conduct and how this is affecting your reputation among the staff at Downton. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry to put you out, Lady Crawley, etc. Sorry, I just kind of accidentally slipped into an episode of Downton Abbey there. Papa and Mama would be awfully disappointed. And we've just received a telegram that the First World War has started and we're all terribly worried about how this might affect life at Downton and blah, blah, blah. Just slipped into an episode of Downton Abbey there accidentally. It doesn't normally happen to me. Anyway, I don't know, maybe you're a teacher or you're listening to this with children or maybe you just don't like rude things of that nature. Basically, there is some rude stuff in the second half of this episode. All right, no big deal, really. And you're all going, it's okay, Luke, we fucking love rude content. So don't worry. Okay, then, in that case. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, I promised myself I wouldn't ramble too much at the start of this one. So let's crack on now. And here is the jingle, as promised. Now, here it is. Go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. You're listening to episode number 665 of the podcast. And today... I am, or this evening, I should say, because I'm recording this in the evening, again, during the lockdown or perhaps post-lockdown period. Anyway, in this episode, I am joined again for the, I think it's the one, two, three, four, five, sixth time on this podcast. It is my friend Sebastian Marks. Uh, from hello hello Hello, sebastian sorry i interrupted you that's right no i i you good that you did because i would have just continued rambling (laughs) and then an hour like a pause after sebastian marks and i wasn't sure if that that was my cue to say hello i think that is a good a good cue for you to just come in hello sebastian hello where i'm fine how are you fine good it's it's sort of um 10 past 10 in the evening Mm -hmm. This is when I do my podcasting at this moment in time during the lockdown. Although technically France has kind of partially eased its lockdown. Is the lockdown over in France? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think it depends on your region. If you're a green region or a red region and Paris, like the whole Parisian area is mostly red, apparently. 
And I happen to be in the countryside. I left. I fled Paris two months ago, and I've been in, in, in the countryside ever since. And so my area is green. So it feels like it's kind of easing up where I am. So like I can go to the supermarket without a permission slip because we needed permission slips for two months. Yeah. And now we don't. We can just go anywhere and lots of shops are open, not and no restaurants or theaters or, you know, I say theater, like movie theaters or anything. Nothing. None of that's open. But like I went to Decathlon, which is a sports store. Uh, two days ago, Exciting. which was like, it was like, wow, we're going to a sports store, but we had to wear a mask apparently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but everything else is like, yeah, so it's pretty open now. I don't know how it is in Paris. To be honest, it sounds exactly the same here. Okay. I mean, it's, it's hard to get the Parisians to do anything. Certainly stay at home <laughs> and not, not wander around in the streets yeah. in the way that they like to do. So Especially, especially if the government says not to, they'll be like, "Who's who's the government they to love, tell me what to do?" They love breaking the rules here. Although I have to say, during the lockdown, the proper lockdown, uh, in my experience, the Parisians handled it very well. I mean, I expected there to be a lot more frustration. I thought that I would notice a lot more annoyed, frustrated Parisians because they they can be quite stressed out at the best of times, right? Yeah. Um, so I was expecting lots of stressed out people, uh, maybe confrontations in the street due to lack of social distancing. I thought there'd be people getting angry and upset with each other. I didn't see that really any more than normal. Uh, so anyway, 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 so now do you remember, well, first of all, do you remember the first time you were on this podcast? Do you remember what it was? Oh dear, no uh what it was meaning like what we talked about yeah what was the top what was the the basic idea of the episode i don't know if you remember I, that i don't i don't i don't remember i know one time we talked about world war ii but i think i don't think that was the first time i think that's when we were in Caen together yeah I which forgot. i'm very i'm so happy to like pronounce this somewhat correctly Caen. <laughs> Caen. c-a-e-n in french is pronounced Caen. of course yeah, do you remember that? I when do. We, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, that was for the D-Day commemoration. Yeah, um, and uh, you were performing, and also mm-hmm. Eddie Izzard was doing a number of shows as well. He did a show in English and three then, shows. Yeah. yeah, it was three hours back to back: English, French, and German. Typically, yeah. sort of crazy thing to do. Um, yeah, and uh, Yassine was there as well. Yassine Belus. That's how, mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce his name. Because I've always said Yassine Bellhouse. <laughs> but it's Belus, right? Yeah. Um, he also was there and he's mates with Eddie Izzard. And that's mm-hmm. when that's when I actually got to meet Eddie. And I went to, sh- went to the show and ended up meeting him. And then he was like, hey, let's all go for dinner. And um, next thing you know, I'm sitting there at the table having dinner with Eddie Izzard. It was very strange. Yeah. And brilliant. Yeah, you've met him. You've, he's been on your podcast, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I did. A, I don't do that podcast anymore, but I, I did a podcast in French called Don't Voilà, where I would interview French comics and talk about stand-up comedy and the careers of the people I uh, was interviewing. And I was lucky enough to interview Eddie Izzard, and we did it in French, which was quite frustrating for me. Really? Because yeah, I'm American, he's British. So it was just like, I want to speak English to you. And so like every question I would ask, 
he would take three times as long to answer because he was doing it in French and like insisted to do it in French. And like, it was very approximate his, his French. And so it was, you know, I just wanted to get the answer when he was just like, ah, moi, je veux parler en français, français, masculine. And like he would just go off on tangents in French. Yeah, he so does that anyway in English, but I can imagine... In English already. In French, it just takes three times longer. Okay. Well, the the first time you were on this podcast was in an episode called uh, A Cup of Coffee... A Cup of Tea? A Cup of Tea mm-hmm. with Sebastian Marks, and that was in 2014, <laughs> episode 130. Wow. Here we are, over 500 episodes later. Uh, you're back again. But you've you've been on it several times before, uh, several times since, I mean. Um, mm-hmm. there was the, we, we planned a bank robbery. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. with amber and paul and yeah. also um yeah the episode about uh the d-day commemoration you featured in that one and and um hold on you did that's it i had a conversation with you and sarah donnelly about the trump presidency it was actually before the election so it was in the mm-hmm. run-up to the um election we were talking about trump versus clinton and that was yeah. in let me just see well it would have been just before the election so we're talking 2016 2016 it was specifically in october 2016 we mm-hmm. were talking about what we thought might happen what we thought of the candidates and stuff <sighs> and we were probably like oh trump could never win <laughs> i don't remember I actually that. I, I don't bet that phrase came out of my mouth it's quite possible um there is a comment actually underneath that episode. It was uh, written six months ago. Iwona. I don't know where Iwona's from. That may be a Polish name. Anyway, and she wrote this. I'd love to know what Sarah and Sebastian think about Trump's presidency now. Is it as bad as they expected? And she's she's written, I don't watch news, so I've no idea how Americans or the rest of the world judge him. <laughs> really? Six months ago? She's got no idea? Uh, I even tried to Google it, but I realised I'm only interested in Sarah and Sebastian's opinions. And then she wrote, a while ago, I heard that he's actually less crazy as a president than people expected. <laughs> um, so what do you think, Sebastian? Well, I guess it's kind of like twofold in the sense that, yeah, I mean, like the world is still existing. So like <laughs> like when when he became president, I was like, this could really go anywhere. And of course, the worst was like World War Three breaking out or just total chaos. So those two first two scenarios didn't plan out, thankfully. Mm. Um but yeah, I think he's living up to like what I imagined him being as a president, especially just being so good at just being invincible. Like he just can say anything and say one thing and then say the contrary the next day, and people will be like, "But you just and he'll he's untouchable." It's it's incredible. I think how he's managed to get to this point where he can say really offensive things or really stupid things and it just becomes so normal and it's just like okay this is how it is and we've learned not to take him seriously but we are all forced to take him seriously it's like i I kind of i made a video about this i mean like uh where i talk about my two-year-old son and like how he's very capricious and 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 you never you know you could say one thing and then say the opposite thing two minutes later but you gotta you know you gotta work with that because you're his family and you're his, you know i'm his father so i have to deal with it you know so it's a, it's a similar situation where we have this weird guy 
in charge and like we all have to deal with him because we we voted for him and so you know, no matter what he says just like gotta figure out how to interpret it and so uh i don't know if if it's worse or better but yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, and worse or better than you expected, or just pretty much exactly as you expected. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Um, what did he say recently about? Um, he, he was sort of rambling on in one of his press conferences about a potential uh, solution to the COVID nineteen situation, and he started mm-hmm. going on about how. <laughs> what was it he said that that you could start injecting um, bleach? Like, bleach pretty much into your into your body, and it will kill the virus immediately like does he know that this will also kill the body (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you if you inject bleach bleach is the stuff that you listeners i don't know if you know the stuff you put in the toilet and if the toilet's dirty you put bleach in it it smells really bad you've got to open the window uh because it's basically and it's bad for you yeah yeah if you like breathe it in if you breathe it in it's seriously poisonous uh but it will clean the toilet completely so it's a very very powerful cleaner but yeah if you inject bleach into your body yeah it'll kill you it'll kill the virus it'll kill everything (laughs) um he wasn't wrong when he said when he said that it would clean up like kill the virus immediately he he was right about that yeah (laughs) but i mean really it was absolutely extraordinary, an extraordinary thing for a president to say, someone who's in that position of power to say, um, you know, you know, we're going to, you know, just uh, uh, inject uh, bleach into the body. Trust me, folks, it'll kill the virus. It's very effective. <laughs> and and then he says, he said also something about um, uh, uh, shining light into the body and that the rate- ultraviolet light, apparently if you shine that in the body but he says like don't shine it at the body it has to be inside the body like i don't know if it's a tube or something like he specified where the ultraviolet light is going to be shown yeah be shined or shown Sean. um yeah. shone and 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 but yeah it's just we have no idea if if he's like if he's serious if he's basing this on any sort of research if any scientist told them this or if he's just like read it on the internet once and just like i'm gonna talk about this online like we have no idea what's and then on. the next day he was like i was t- i was being sarcastic it was just a joke you yeah. guys have got a terrible sense of humor and it's like and so, really and, and, really was it were you really being sarcastic are you just saying that now uh, it's impossible to tell yeah it's impossible supposing we hit the body with a tremendous uh whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light and then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use – medical doctors with but it sounds it sounds interesting to me clarify your comments about injections of disinfectant no i was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen but i was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside but it does kill it and it would kill it on the hands and that would make things much better that was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporters and so that's where that's where his genius there's a genius in all of this because 
we're on such like unsure footing all the time. Like we have no idea what to take seriously, what not to take seriously, where the truth is. And so we're constantly caught off guard. We have no idea what he's going to do next. And I think that's uh, to his advantage. You know, he, he, he likes us there. So he can just get away with whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it gives him a certain level of control that we're like constantly like, but but but, but, but and and yeah. then he's like, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and then he leaves, <laughs> and we'll go, but, but, and then it takes everyone twenty four hours to work out what's happened, and then they ask him fresh questions, and he goes, that's a terrible question, you should be ashamed of yourself, and then it's a new thing, and everyone's like, but, 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 and it's, everyone's just constantly like that all the time. Fake news, fake news. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, and and so as an American person. Living in France, you've been here for 10 years? 15. 15 years. As an American person living in France, do you feel like your uh, identity has changed or do do you feel more or less proud? How do you feel about being American living in France now? Do you feel embarrassed (laughs) about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if embarrassed, but like, yeah, it kind of confirms my decision (laughs) to leave. But at the same time, yeah, so to leave uh, France, I'm sorry, to leave the States to live in France. Uh, But at the same time, you know, most of my friends are still in the States. And and so I talk to them. It's it's, their their daily lives haven't changed that much. You know, it's not from the outside. We focus on what Trump is saying and what the we often focus on the worst things, you know, it's usually the worst things that make headlines, but, um, you know, I don't think fundamentally the United States has changed that much. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really think about it too much. And I don't think most French people know that, that the American government and the American people are not the same thing. Well, any, any government, you know, any person in power and the people is not necessarily the same thing. Uh, so yeah. most people are intelligent enough to separate those. Okay. Um, right. So first time you were, you were on, uh, we were just basically talking about, well, various things, actually. There were questions that came in from my audience. I said, hey, I'm going to have an American on my podcast. Do you have any questions for him? And they asked you stuff like about, what about the war in Afghanistan? And things like that. <laughs> and But also, we just established that you, um, you, so you came here 15 years ago, and you kind of like were the person who started doing stand-up comedy in English in Paris. And my listeners will know that, you know, that I'm involved in that scene. And they also are familiar mm-hmm. with Paul and Amber, because they're on the podcast quite regularly. And they know that Paul, you know, has, has established himself as a, as a standard comedian here, uh, doing shows in English and in French. But I mean, you're, you're the person who kind of like, sort of kicked off stand up in English here. Uh, how have mm-hmm. things changed then since well, 2014, six years? What what's what's been the kind of um, path that you've traveled down in the last six years then did you have kids six years ago i had one kid now i have three kids so that's changed uh i've i've multiplied myself um yeah and 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 uh has the scene changed i think the scene the comedy scene has changed a little bit but not that much either i mean it's still a relatively small scene the english comedy scene in in france uh, it's still like, we all know each other. And, um, what's, what has changed is like, I've had pretty big names, like American comedians come over to France and I've had the chance to 
host them on the New York Comedy Night. Like we recently had Jerry Seinfeld on the show. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. And and before that, we had Louis C.K. who came several times on the on the show. And and just the fact that I've been doing it for so long, like people, comedians in the United States, when they come through Paris, they look me up and, and they get in touch with me. And so I've had the chance to have lots of these big names on the show. Well, I continue. I mean, I'm still at it. You know, I'm still hosting my comedy night in English. I also had a one one man show in English that I stopped doing last year. And uh, and I'm, but I'm probably more known in France for my French career, for my French show and the the sets I've done in French, which have been on like somewhat prestigious French festivals, like the Montreux Festival that happened in Switzerland. And like I've had videos that I've done about the French language with Topito, which is like this Facebook uh, website page. And so I'm, I'm more known uh, in France for performing in French with my accent and uh, than, I, than I am with like my English speaking career uh, in France. Also partly because like most people in France, the majority of the people don't speak English well enough to kind of have a be able to have like a full career in English and France. Yeah, you've got to be able to do, you've got to be able to do it in French as well. Haven't you? Yeah, can't it just, really helps. Yeah. You can't just do it in English because uh, the, the English isn't quite strong enough uh, here. Yeah. So you said that, uh, yeah. So you're you're well known. You're more well known for your uh, work in French with your accent. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about speaking French then to French people, either on stage or just in life. You, you your yeah. French is is very good though. I mean, you've you've done so well. Thank you. Luke, you're saying that because you're British, <laughs> and and because uh, and because my my French is far far uh, behind yours. But uh, I mean, I do think you've done well. I mean, haven't you? I mean, I've seen your videos. I see you speaking French. You you're fluent. Yeah, I'm fluent. I'm definitely fluent. But like, I'm definitely. I've like I've hit a glass ceiling. I've definitely plateaued. Like I've gotten to this level. I feel like I, I made lots of progress in the first five years, and then I've just it's just been the same level (laughs) for the last 10 years. So like, I feel I'm going to, I'm still making mistakes. I'm still mixing up the masculine and feminine because every noun, the article depends on the gender of the noun. So I'm still making those mistakes. I'm still mixing up or constructing my sentences very strangely. So, you know, I'm still at this point where like I say three words and French people know I'm not French. Oh, so that still that does happen to you? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Because I and get partly, part of, partly because of the accent, and also partly because, like, oh, you said that a bit weirdly, and and so it's it's clear that I'm not not uh, French. What's the most common reaction you get when you open your mouth? And they go, "Oh, uh, you have a pity." Well, it, it, it depends on the person. If the person speaks English, they'll respond in English, which is <laughs> really annoying. Wow, they still uh, do that like, to uh, you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be like, "Bonjour, je voudrais ça," and they're like, "Do you want an English menu?" It's like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want a fucking English menu." <laughs> I just or, like, was it was it really that bad? Like, so I still get that sometimes, or just. Or just uh, the polite people would be like, ah, vous avez un petit accent. You have a little accent. Where are you from? You know, and, and they kind of downplay the accent by saying, oh, you have just a slight little accent. And um, But it's enough to stop you mid, 
mid conversation, like, like mid my first sentence out of my mouth. <laughs> but never mind what you're saying. Stop right there. You have a slight <laughs> accent. Explain yourself. <laughs> you are not from here. Yeah. So that still happens. Yeah. Do uh, the the stereotype of the French is that they don't want to speak English. Do you do, yeah. do you agree with that? That that they don't that they don't want to, or they don't like. Well, the thing they, is, they they know English, but they refuse. Or you mean like they? Yeah. Uh, well, the just thing don't want to learn it. What I mean is that, say, tourists, English speaking tourists, go to France and they attempt to speak English to the locals, you know, in the cafes or whatever, and they come away going, oh, the French are kind of a bit rude when it comes to speaking English. They refuse to speak English to you, or they. For whatever reason, they don't speak English to yeah. people. I mean, that that is a loaded uh, thing to say anyway, because it suggests that the French should be speaking English to tourists, which is another question. But basically, do you agree with the stereotype, which is that the French are reluctant, for whatever reason, to speak English yeah, to I do people? Th- I think that's true. I think oh, it's true. more than probably... I think, I think that part, partly... Like, it's, I think it's truer than for other places in the world. I think that... If you go to Madrid in Spain, if you go to uh, Moscow, I think if you just come out and started to speak English, the people, the locals would be less offended that you're coming out speaking English. I think the French get upset, especially when you don't make even a little effort. Like if you just come out and say, hi, I want a table for two, you know, like you're in another country learn how to say like the basic five words like hello thank you please and i would like you know i guess probably they're thinking like make a little effort so like if you come out and you say bonjour i want that the the simple fact that you like started by saying bonjour i think is you you've already won several points yeah you know what i mean and they'll be a little bit more forgiving and I also think the other big reason is because for centuries, French was the lingua franca, was like the language of culture and the international language for so long uh, that when English took over, I think that was a shock for them. And I think they never really fully got over it. And um, and I think that's still kind of a, a thorn in, in their side. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think like, there is that aspect that's probably still hiding somewhere. It's a funny thing, though, for me, in my experience, I find that... So you're exactly right, okay? You're exactly right that you've that the French need to be unlocked with the word bonjour or bonsoir. You've got to say those things first, and then, as you say, you gain points, and then you can probably speak English a little bit if you don't have any other French. But you've got to... Yeah. You've got to the, the, the password is bonjour or bonsoir. Those are passwords. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, in my experience, I go around, I try and speak French to people and exactly what you said before, they respond to me in English. So I go and I order my food or drink whatever it is in, in French and then they speak English to me. So that's the yeah. kind of the, another weird thing, which is that actually my experience on, my, on a daily basis is that they don't want to speak French to me either. They don't, they won't <laughs> want to, they don't want to speak English. It's like, you know, it's a game, it's like a game of, um, it's like I start speaking French, you start speaking English. Okay. So, you know, and, or if I start speaking English, you're going to start speaking French to me. So it's like, whichever language I choose to start <laughs> with, you're going to change to the other one because, you know, so it's a pretty weird thing, but I guess, I guess that, you know, essentially French people, uh, these days I find are, are like often really 
interested in practicing their English, like any opportunity they yeah. get. And often, and they see the value, especially younger French people really see yeah. the value of English these days. I, I was about to say, like the younger French people see the value and speak English better. I mean, you know, they've absorbed so, so many like sitcoms or movies in English that, that they've really become very good at it, or at least understanding English. Spoken, and, spoken uh, English, certainly. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's definitely changed in the last like 20, 30 years. Right. And um, you've, so in a moment, what I'm going to do is test your knowledge of, of British English slang. You mean, you mean the, the worst, English, the worst version of English. <laughs> the worst version of English <laughs> of all the Englishes, all the international <laughs> of, all, of all the international. British English is definitely the, the worst. <laughs> British English slang. Yeah. The, the least authentic. <laughs> um, well, now, have you... Uh, like, so, one, we're talking about stereotypes of the French. Let's talk about stereotypes of the Americans. One of them is that the Americans don't know about the rest of the world. And yeah. and not very familiar with maybe other types of English. So, for example, it, when I spent time in the States in the past, uh, just on holiday and stuff, going into a shop and sort of speaking to people, they always thought that I was Australian or that my family were all Australian because we weren't like we weren't speaking like characters from Downton Abbey. I mean, I, I'm quite well spoken. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely be on, on that show. I mean, I, I think you have a very very good british english i'm quite well spoken but i don't know what it is um i'm not like oh right, mate yeah oh, i'm from britain oh, how's it going i'm not like cockney or anything but anyway i maybe i because we were a f- sort of family at the time my brother and me were quite young my parents were youngish and we were, we were look, dressed in casual i don't know what i'm talking about but anyway they like it's are you guys australian it's, it's like why it's what, because what? you look like you look like Paul Hogan. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good day, guys. Anyway, anyway, what am I trying to say? So, ha- as an American person uh, living abroad now in France, mm-hmm. in in Europe, um, do you feel like you're more aware of the different other types of English? Are you more familiar with Australian English, British English, and stuff like that? No, I don't think I've become more familiar with it. But I mean, like. Mm-hmm. I, I talk to more British people and more Australian people. Yeah. But like, I don't think I've learned more about, for example, British slang than I did before. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. I don't think so. Do you reckon, you know, some British slang? I'm going to test you in a moment. Do you reckon, you, <laughs> how do you reckon you're going to do oh, in this little test? Uh, I think I'm going to do fine. I think I'm going to do like, okay. I think there's going to be lots of words I, I've never heard of. Uh, there are going to be some words that I've probably heard of, but don't really know the exact definition of but uh i'm excited this is going to be fun okay i think to be, to be honest you're going to be able to work a lot of them out from context but i think what i'm going to do is i'll just give you the word or phrase yeah without the context and see if you know it okay. and then i'll give you yeah. the context see if you can work it out okay so i'm actually using a list from a website which you're not allowed to check but i'm saying it anyway just so my audience can check it out if they want to it's called 50 british phrases that americans just don't understand <laughs> from a website called Matador Network. I uh, think I'm going to get 25 out of 50. You reckon? Like, I don't know. If exactly we're not gonna, 50%. We're not going to do all 50. I'm just, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to pick and choose. Okay. So first word, pants. Now, it's not what you think, but anyway, pants. Let's start with just the word pants. Spelled P-A-N-T-S? That's right. 
Because you, you guys say trousers for pants. Yeah, there's that. But that's not what I'm actually looking for. But uh, yeah. yes, let's it, talk about that, though. Go on. Okay, well, in, in, in America, what we call pants, you guys call trousers, and you're wrong. <laughs> uh so that's just a difference and and it's funny because when i tell british people pants they're like what do you you're, you don't mean pants you mean trousers because for us pants that's... is your underpants oh and is that what it is pants is underwear is that... oh okay my daughter so your pants is is underwear okay exactly so when you talk about you know your pants we're like <laughs> they said pants <laughs> Um, so see i I didn't know that okay well there you go i'm glad i knew the trousers i just didn't know that pants actually meant underwear yeah so we have our trousers on and then under our trousers we wear pants but in america you wear pants what do you wear under your pants underwear just underwear it's underwear okay underwear underwear is the general term and then if we're talking about like if it's a a man it'd be boxer shorts or briefs or boxer briefs Okay. So kind of in between uh women would be panties um i guess what, what would the british say if it fits like women specific, oh. yeah oh this is a tricky one because i've been trying to work this out because you know my daughter is now um, moving away from wearing nappies or diapers as you insist on calling yeah them. yeah um and uh, so I'm trying to decide what to call the things that she's wearing. So in French, it's culotte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling them pants. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm, okay. I'd say they're just pants. Okay. Next yeah. one. Uh, no. So anyway, the word pants, that's not what I'm looking for. So there's pants, the garments that we wear in America that, you know. Oh, there's another? There's, there's another, 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 another another meaning of the word pants, and it's an adjective. Meaning, like, that's pants, or that was, oh, it was pants. I don't know. So what did you think of the like film? Great, like, great? That awesome. film, what did you think of the film? Oh, I thought it was pants. This uh, is pants. The way you're saying it doesn't sound awesome anymore. It sounds, no. like, really poor. It's terrible. If something's pants, it means it's rubbish. It's no good. Do it's you know p- where that comes from? <sighs> Maybe just the fact that pants are... I mean, depending on whose pants they are, they're not pants are not great. I guess. <laughs> um, maybe they that's can be great. They can be great. I mean, if you if no. they're a fresh pair, then ah, oh, nothing yeah. better. Oh, but nothing better. Anyway, I don't really know where it comes from, but there it is. If something is pants, it means it's really not very good, right? So if you're yeah. in, you're watching a film, you're watching a stand up show, and it's terrible. You lean to over to your friend and go, "This is pants." This is pants. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about this one? Uh, I'm sure my audience will know this because I've done this before, but you, you should know this. Knackered. Really tired. Really tired. Exactly. I'm absolutely. That, that's a great one because I don't think we have an equivalent in American English. You don't have we a. Say like, yeah. We were really tired. Exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah, but you have that also in British. We do. Right? But you don't. Yeah. You don't have a slang word for really tired. I don't think we do. Because it's I'm be- beat. I'm beat. I'm yeah. dead. I'm beat. Yeah, I've I'm heard beat. that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't say that in British English, do you? Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> and do you say what do you say like, oh I'm dead? I'm dead. I'm dead tired. I'm absolutely dead. No, well not not normally. It would be I'm dead tired. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah. But yeah, beet. I think beet is probably the most common American uh, version of knackered. I think so. Beet, blood. I really like. I like knackered. I think the Americans should use knackered more. It's a nice one, isn't it? You know where that comes from? Yeah. No. The knackers yard uh, is where uh, horses that were basically too old to be useful anymore they were sent to the knackers so if a horse was knackered it would mean it's too old and tired to be of any use and they they send Uh it off to it's a sad story they send it off to the yeah they send it to the knackers yard where the horse is put down meaning killed Mm -hmm. and then you know the the body parts are used for various purposes that's in like glue like glue and so on Mm-hmm. They just turn the horse into glue. It's weird, that isn't it? <laughs> it is weird. It's a bit random. Like glue, <laughs> glue. Like, just what did you do? Just flip through a dictionary and pick a word at random. Yeah, we'll yeah. turn the horse into uh, glue. <laughs> we turn sheep into band aids. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we turn cows. They become like scissors, seat belts. Um, okay. So knackered, meaning tired. Uh, we also, you know, we have the, the, the another slang expression, which is "I'm absolutely cream crackered, mate." Cream crackered means knackered. <laughs> it means knackered. Yeah, yeah, really, really knackered. It's it's, it's slang on slang. Yeah, um, I like cream crackered. How about this one? Uh, uh, okay, I was absolutely gobsmacked. Is that really drunk? surprisingly no it sounds like it good guess because basically if it's like an i was a word you can get you can kind of uh you can you could guess that it's drunk because we have a lot of words for drunk but um yeah. no gobsmacked means i was surprised shocked like lost gobsmacked for, yeah wow no i didn't know that lost for words so shocked and surprised i was like like your gob is your face so okay. You, really? Yeah. That's another one. I didn't shut know. your gob, mate. Shut your gob means shut up. Shut your mouth. Yeah. And so you smack your your face when A- you're actually to be uh, to be correct. Gob is is your mouth, not 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 your face. It's like the equivalent, French equivalent of girl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What they would say, ferme ta gueule, like close your. It's like snout. It's actually technically snout, like <laughs> the mouth part of your face. It's not only just like your mouth. It's like the whole like if you have a snout, and, and like a <laughs> dog, know, like the, the way a dog has yeah, got like a, dog. a snout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in Northern Ireland, um, I don't know if it's in everywhere in Northern Ireland, but certainly the Northern Irish friends that I've got, they they'd say beak. <laughs> like the way a bird has got a beak, you know. Yeah. yeah. But the Does way it shut your beak. Yeah, but it's so wonderful the way they pronounce that with that strong Belfast accent. If it's shut your beak, beak, like that. Beak. Shut yeah. your fucking beak, man. <laughs> look at the beak on. Look at the fucking beak on her. I <laughs> 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 uh, shut your beak. I, shut I your beak. Yeah, meaning shut your mouth. Shut your beak. Yeah. Anyway, gobsmacked. I was absolutely gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else have I got here? Oh, um, hold on a minute. I'm just going to go for a slash. A, a, a slash. A slash. Urination. Going to urinate. Yes. I'm going, I'm going to a pee. A pee. Yes, exactly. Going to go and have a pee. Go to do a pee. Go and have a wee. I'm going for a slash. A slash. 
It's good, isn't Where's it? Where did that come from? Yeah, it's great. Again, I'm not sure where that comes from, unfortunately. I could spend hours looking it up, but um, often I find those... Don't you often find that those stories of where did the word come from are often disappointing? Yeah, and really far-fetched. Yes. So, Well, knackered, knackered was great. Knackered was, like, for me, perfect. Like, it makes sense, and it's poetic, you know? Right. But often often they, they don't really satisfy. The story behind the word is often not that satisfying yeah sometimes like it's not even true like we're not sure but it might come from this right exactly yeah. where it's like well first it was used here and then it was used by sir jam sir daniel smethig of, uh, <laughs> in the, you know, 1643 in his, <laughs> in it his comes, work comes from the from the greek um you know whatever Lashos. <laughs> exactly although the meaning has changed over the years and we don't really know why um so um, I'm going out on the lash tonight. On the town. On the lash specifically. It's not just the town. I'm going. I'm going out. I'm going out on the lash. Like I've. I've like to, to go crazy. Like to party. It means to go and get drunk. Yeah, to party. Okay, yeah. To go yeah. out on the lash is to go out drinking. On the lash. Okay. On on the lash. Uh, again, the lash must be basically alcoholic drinks. Yeah. Okay. And how about this? Yeah, I'm going to go out on the lash tonight. Hopefully, I'm going to pull. <laughs> to, to, pull. To, to, to score, meaning to, to get lucky. Yes, exactly. Or with somebody of the opposite sex. Yes, or indeed or, the same or, sex. Or, or, or same sex, if that's your liking. Exactly, if that's your preference. Uh, yeah. To go out on the pull, or to be on the pull, means that you're out trying to get lucky. You're trying to get laid. Yeah. Do you guys say get laid? Yeah, we do say get, to get laid. Yeah. Uh, but so remind me the pull. It's like I, you can say like I pulled last night. I pulled. Yeah. To pull someone or just to pull. Yeah. yeah. In French, okay. it's to drag someone. Yeah. Which and I that always. seems a very, very like caveman esque. It, it seems a little bit like borderline. Like um, um, borderline, sort of, you could be arrested if you drag. <laughs> if you're dragging a girl, that either means that she's unwilling or she is unconscious. Yeah. In, in either case, it's a crime. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say caveman. It's like you know those cartoons where the caveman just bonks the woman on the head and pulls her into his cave. <laughs> it's like, I, but I, I wonder if this is coming from the French because. Uh, draguer is to oh no, draguer is not to score; it's to hit on somebody. Oh, is it? It's to yeah, to try to seduce somebody, to flirt, yeah, so to to chat, to flirt, so, yeah. chat someone up. Yeah, is drag yeah. in French? Okay, but anyway, draguer, to, yeah. to yeah. pull is, so is to not pull. Yeah, it's not just to try to score with someone, but to actually score. Actually, score. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and well, can can a girl say that about a? boy or is it mostly a, a, a man about a woman yeah girls can say it about boys i mean it might be considered a bit sort of um unladylike to speak like that but i mean you know yeah, yeah certainly i wouldn't mind like if my female friends talked about pulling or going out on the pull yeah yeah yeah, yeah girls can say oh, that you can, you can go out on the pull go, go out on the pull to be on the pull to pull someone yeah. or just wow. to pull yeah i went out on the lash last word. night pulled <laughs> see if, if you said that sentence i would have no idea what you were talking about right 
yeah exactly so good we're in the right zone then here we're learning yeah um oh yeah okay well did you pull that girl last night oh i got off with her to get up to get off with to get up is, is to uh how would i say it's like to get along with ah no like that's to, to, yeah no now that's we'd be like to hit it off with someone like, hey, we got hit on really off, yeah. well, like, yeah. you know, we're really good friends already. Now that's to get on with someone, but this is to get yeah. off with someone, um, and it means to kiss, uh, not to go all the way, not to pull hundred percent, but to yeah. ki- kiss passionately. French kiss, really get off with someone. Mm. Wow, so definitely don't say that in America. They call it necking no. or something in America, right? No, no, they say necking 70 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no one says necking anymore. That's like really like not maybe these like 1962 they buried that word. I think like I got, a good... I think sorry, I think I got that from uh, a catcher in the rye JD Salinger yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. You just proved my point. Right. So what would you say then to get off What's make the... make making out? Right making out with someone yeah you hear that in films and stuff all the time making out that's 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 why it's cheating like i feel everyone knows american slang because of our movies and songs and all that stuff where we you can't really know british slang unless you're living there i know we've got a lot of british tv shows and things but we don't watch that (laughs) get out of town we watch fleabag and that's it and you watched um What's the one that's apparently supposed to be set in Birmingham, although the accents sound more like Liverpool? Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, that's I a didn't. Brummy thing. Solid English. Half, half, yeah, half an episode. But yeah, they, they probably have like tons of slang in that that I probably didn't even notice. But I didn't watch much of that. But yeah, I mean, I'm just taking the piss out of you. Uh, that's a British one. Right? Thank you. Well done. We, uh, but yeah, so but let's say that yeah, American like the whole point of American movies and American television is to export it pretty much. So I feel like uh, there's more people abroad who watch American programming than Americans who watch any programming that's coming from abroad. Oh yeah, and and I think that's part of the reason why we don't really know many uh, British terms unless you live there, which which would be better and yeah uh, so or unless uh, or unless you're an anglif anglophile file yeah and because there are quite a lot of anglophiles in america there's sort of people who who like to watch the british tv shows and stuff but uh for the most part yes most americans don't really get many british tv but i wonder i wonder like i wonder if like in those tv shows like do you use that much slang because like for example i'm thinking like downtown abbey is like like it's i have a feeling it's like half of the time it's like proper english it's not yeah, the the street english that you a lot you of hear. a lot of the shows that we export like downton abbey and a lot of those period dramas with kira knightley in them yeah those those films <laughs> a lot of those are set around the turn of the previous century you know sort of yeah. around the you know late 19th century and stuff and of course you know in jane austen's universe uh, no, they're pulling not. was not very common. Not, all right, Emma, what are you going to do? I'm going to go out and pull Mr. Darcy, are you? Uh, all right, shut up, shut your gob. Like, no, you don't get that at all. No, you're more likely to hear all that sort of thing in, in just soap operas like EastEnders or Coronation Street or comedy shows that uh, you, that aren't that popular in the States and stuff. Yeah. Mm. 
So, okay, you're forgiven for not knowing this stuff. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to like make an excuse for being <laughs> ignorant, but <laughs> but yeah, the making out I think would probably be the equivalent. Um, making out implies kissing and not much more. So, like, that's probably like getting off with someone. Or- yeah. Are getting off. Things are getting off with someone is a bit vague. It could potentially mean more than kissing. Making out can be, you know, but like if you slept with someone, you wouldn't say I made out with that person. Like right. it implies stuff before the pre- preliminaries, <laughs> let's say. Am I right in thinking that in America there are bases, like in baseball, and I've never really understood how many bases there are and what the bases represent, but I hear it in films and TV series, you know, hey, I got to first base, I got to second base with this girl. Um, and but, well, you have to understand it's pretty. It's pretty like adolescent. Like we yeah. don't like if 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 at forty years old you're still using the basis that something's wrong. <laughs> like it's it's definitely something like you do. You talk about in high school or, or whenever you you start having a sexual a sex a sex life or uh, any sort of thing like that. So bases. So in, in baseball, do you know how to play baseball? Like I, baseball is such an American. I tried to explain baseball to my French girlfriend and she has no idea what, what uh, I'm look, about. I know how to play cricket. So it's like cricket for stupid people, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've made it more sophisticated. <laughs> really? <laughs> you just have, Even you have more? two bases. We have four. Okay. So there you go. So, mm. so in baseball, there, there, there are four bases. And and the idea is you have to hit the ball far enough that gives you like to give you enough time to go around the bases. Yeah. And so there's the first base, second base, third base, and then the fourth one we don't we just say it's a home run. Yeah. So uh, this is a, a way we use it as a way of of saying how far you've gotten with somebody the night before so do you do you want to know the yeah of course i want to know what what, what? i think they're different they're different interpretations what i learned first base is kissing uh second base is anything that has to do with chest area (laughs) the girl's chest area i suppose um yes not much interest in a man's chest area you never know. Uh, perhaps. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, third base is everything that's down there. Mm. And then a home run is going all the way. You mean actual pen- sex. penetrative yes, sex? sexual intercourse. So, and then, and then there's sloppies. Sloppies? Slop- sloppies imply the mount. So sloppy seconds. Like oh. if you get to sloppy second base... So we're in the chest area, but with the mouth. Oh, I see. Sloppy third. I can imagine. Down there with the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, see, it's, uh, sloppy and home, then home base? Home, home run. Uh, well, home runs are home runs, so... Yeah, but sloppy, a sloppy home run? That's get, that's getting very. I don't. Like, I can't anato- imagine. anatomically bizarre. Like yes. I'm not sure. If yeah. Like, okay. But we get the we get the idea. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Thank that's you. pretty much the system. Yeah. Thank you finally for decoding it. Yeah. Um, right. Let's move on to some words uh, to describe people. So, what about a plonker? Oh, that's an idiot, right? An idiot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tosser. A loser. 
Well, it's bas- it's also an idiot, but it's the meaning of tosser is uh, well, it's the same as wanker. He's a Isn't that a loser? Stupid wanker, stupid tosser. It is a loser, an idiot, yeah. But uh, the specifics of tosser and wanker. I mean, since we're talking about sexual things, a wanker yeah. in America. I, again, this is probably nineteen sixties or seventies slang, like a <laughs> jerk off, jerk off. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, it might be a little bit more like eighties or nineties, but yeah. Uh, Jerk off. Okay, a jerk off. Then I guess so. It's a loser. But like, um, is there like uh, when you say a wanker, it's kind of like is the person mean or it doesn't really specify if the person is mean. It's like so, someone who's not intelligent, but also, um, I thought there was like this loser aspect. Like he's right. I'll, okay. let, you, I'll, I'll let you define. Let wanker. me be clear. Okay, let me be clear. So the difference between wanker and tosser. So basically, yeah. uh, first of all, the literal meaning of both those words is someone who masturbates. Yeah. That's why I said jerk off, because I think uh, uh, that is the same yes. in America, right? Yes. That a jerk, mm-hmm. a jerk or jerk off is someone who masturbates too. Right, anyway. Yeah. But we use the word uh, as an insult, whether the person masturbates or not obviously yeah. <laughs> so uh, a wanker is a stronger word than tosser it's it's ruder than tosser uh okay. tosser is quite it's quite a funny little word you tosser it's quite a funny one no. but wanker is quite an offensive word and it yeah it also if someone's a wanker it means they're a a mean person not nice person oh okay like um is that what is that what happens when you masturbate too much <laughs> <laughs> see there's no connection at all between the actual sexual act and and the meaning of this particular I would think the contrary that you'd be very laid back yeah you'd be like yeah that's fine yeah go yeah, ahead <laughs> i'm a bit busy you go ahead i'm 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 dealing with something here you go I'll on taking care of something else yeah um but no a wanker he's a fucking wanker that guy like the you know for example the security guard at the shop always stops me and gives me a hard time for no reason, he's a fucking wanker. So um, okay, I thought I thought wanker was more like yeah, it was more like a loser, like oh, he's a, he's a stupid, like lack of importance of the person. I didn't know that there was like the mean aspect. No, uh, I would say a wanker is a mean person. I mean, just to conf- then the, then the equivalent in America would be like an asshole. That yeah. would probably be the most common vulgar way of calling somebody mean is an asshole yeah i mean i've just checked it out in the oxford learners dictionary and they say wanker is british english taboo slang an offensive word used to refer to a man that you dislike or you are angry with (laughs) Mm. for whatever reason Mm. so just anyone you're angry with you feel you fucking wanker like someone you know you're driving and someone uh cuts you up while you're driving and you lean, you yeah. roll down the window. Oi, fuck, fucking wanker! <laughs> no. um, right, hold on. Let me see what Cambridge say because you know Oxford and Cambridge. <laughs> wanker yeah. noun, UK offensive. First definition: a very stupid or unpleasant person, usually mm. a man. So there is that aspect of someone being stupid, but unpleasant. Someone who's yeah. not nice. Unpleasant. Yeah. And okay. second definition: a person who masturbates. <laughs> I like how that's become the second definition. Yes, that's right. Uh, okay. Well, I have a question. Like, yeah. would a British person call somebody an asshole? 
Or is that like a, a, an American? No, no, we wouldn't say asshole. We'd say asshole. You asshole. asshole yeah. He's a asshole. proper asshole, that guy. Yeah. Asshole. So, ass. Basically, in most cases, ass. yeah, in most cases, when you say ass in America, yeah, we, we would like, say asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes ass. It sounds like it doesn't sound. It sounds too classy for asshole. Well, it depends. Again, this is sort of that thing. I was trying to get at earlier when people thought that we were Australian because what I was trying to say was that Americans sometimes expect British, all British things to be like Downton Abbey, that they, you expect us all to be these, Ooh, pass, the, pass the tea, would you like some more sugar, you know, mm, lovely tea, darling. Oh, you know, I really don't like the vicar. He really is an arsehole. No, uh, we don't all speak like that. In fact, loads, most people speak with some sort of regional accent so it'd be like you know if you're from london he's an arsehole that guy you fucking arsehole right arsehole right if if you're a cockney it's like oi give me them keys you arsehole right come on then you fucking arsehole you know so that doesn't sound too posh and proper does it no. and if you're from liverpool all right meese yeah he's a he's a he's a proper arsehole that guy he's a Oh, you massive asshole! Oh, I don't know. I'm not doing a very good job of the Liverpool version there. Anyway, so no, it's not. A it proper... sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, let's see. Okay, let's just move on a little bit more. This is because obviously because we're doing slang, it all starts to get rude and if offensive. Of course. Um, yeah. I'm going to try and find some that aren't that rude and offensive. Although I've got to do this one. I've got to do this one right. Um, a, a fag. Um, I'm just having a fag or yeah, excuse a, a me, can you give me a fag? Yeah. Cigarette. Not to be confused with the American version of this same word. Mm, which is very, very, very offensive word in America these days. A fag or short for a faggot, which means a gay person, but it's a very, very derogatory word for a yes. homosexual. And, uh, and that's, and that's one of those like mix up things you should never Never say that in in America. Don't ask anybody. Don't just even the word fag is just not a, correct at all. Avoid the word fag at all costs in in America unless you want to be an asshole. Yes, if you want to be a wanker, exactly. Then you can use it, but otherwise avoid it at all costs. Fact, yeah, everyone so just cigarette. Just forget about that word completely. Cigarette. Just say cigarette. Even <laughs> in cigarette, England. Yeah. Even in England. Just yeah. say cigarette. Uh, let's see. Um, a wind up a wind up are you winding me up uh getting me mad somebody who's uh an instigator well how about this he's he's a he's a he's a wind up merchant don't be such mm. a wind up merchant so wind up in this case so we do have wind up meaning uh this is really winding me up like i'm trying to I'm trying to uh, install a... Getting uh, mad? Yeah, I'm trying to install the software update on my phone and it's just not working because it says my phone doesn't have enough data in it. And it's just like every time I do it, it fails. So it's just really starting to wind me up now. That is mm-hmm. making me mad or making me annoyed. But if, uh, like, you're such a wind-up merchant. Stop winding me up. Are you winding me up? It means are you teasing me? Are you making fun of me? Okay. It's teasing. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, like you know, someone who's like playing tricks on people and stuff—a wind-up merchant. Okay, all right. I've got. Okay. I've got. I'm going to find some something else. I guess the equivalent for winding me up, like if in the first example, would be like pissing me off. 
kind of in, in American English. Um, it might be lighter than pissing me off. No, no. Well, yeah, in the sense of like, yeah, installing the software update on my phone yeah. is really pissing me off. Yes, it's really winding me up. It's similar, similar thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then you can also say to wind someone up, or this is a wind up means this is a joke. This is like someone's playing a trick on me. This is some kind of big joke. Okay, it's, can it be like a con, like a, an intentional? Yeah. Prank or Yeah. I think so. Okay. Like like someone is deceiving you. Yeah. Uh and and doing it for a joke. Yeah. This is a wind up. Yeah. Okay. Uh you, all you need to do is watch uh, a a Guy Ritchie film. <laughs> you know, though like uh, Lock Stock and Two Smoking well, Barrels. Great, great movie. Or Snatch and I'm yeah, sure yeah. it's. I'm sure that that's in there. Is this? It's a fucking wind up. Are you winding me up? Something like that. I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. lots of f bombs here. Sorry about that. If any 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 swearing intolerant people are listening to this, I do apologise profusely. <laughs> what a. But what he a, says it with such a great, nice British accent, so it's fine. What a bewildering mix of of sincere um sincere apologising combined with fucking assholes oh i'm terribly sorry <laughs> terribly sorry everybody <laughs> um well, let's see what else um oh whinging 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 don't know whinging oh you know he's whing- are you whinging it can you stop whinging we're nearly there all right stop whinging to whine whine yes which means to complain Yes. Whinging. You're always whinging on. You're such a whinger. Means you're someone who's always moaning, whining, complaining. Okay. I don't want to do this. Stop whinging. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I did not know that. Okay. We've got... I'm going to do hmm, three more. Uh-huh. No, four more. Right. Smart. Ah, uh, means neat, like tidy. Yes, specifically referring to clothing. Yes, how you're dressed. Yes, right, like uh, dressed well, well dressed. You're looking very smart today. What's the big elegant? E- yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like a mix of elegant, but also like you can be smart, dressed smartly. Yeah, but not necessarily elegantly. Um, yeah, it's uh, you don't need the elegant part. It's just someone no. who's very well dressed. So if you've got an important job interview, you'd need to dress smart. Yeah, you'd need to wear some smart clothes. So be kind of like uh, formal. I don't know what. Yeah, I guess formal. Yeah, yeah, instead rather than casual. Yeah, and we we actually have a category of clothing which is smart casual. Mm-hmm. You don't have that in the States? No. Okay, which is sort of like... Smart for us is intelligent. Yeah, exactly. We rarely, we rarely use smart in the sense of like well-dressed. It's like, gee, you're real smart, huh? No. Like, wow, you're really, in- <laughs> really intelligent, intelligent, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> gee, you're kind of smart. 
Like, uh, 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 gosh, you are rather intelligent, aren't you? <laughs> By definition, the fact that you're saying, gee, you're smart, huh? Means you are not smart. <laughs> so in England, in British English, then smart means well-dressed. And in American English, smart is intelligent. Okay. Yes. Oh, but that, it, yeah? smart also means intelligent for you guys, right? Or not at all. Smart also means intelligent. Uh, well, yeah, but only, only when we, uh, you know, use the american thing okay so if okay. i if i said that in my family back home in front of my parents like oh wow you know if i'm talking about my daughter oh she seems you know she's quite smart then my parents would be like <gasps> you used an american we don't have american english in this house <laughs> we're intelligent here we're not smart they, i mean i'm joking a little bit but they actually don't like it they genuinely don't like it if I say smart, meaning intelligent. They're like, no. <laughs> um, yes, clean, tidy, stylish appearance. Exactly. Um, okay, what about this one? Oh, that's lush. Oh, we had a uh, lush, that is. Oh, oh I, I know this one. I know this one. Does it mean like um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, of the way to say it. um extravagant mm, no not not particularly no not not exactly so like um okay like oh you know um oh she's lush isn't she or Oh, where did you get those trainers? They are lush. Huh, would it be like hip? It just means good. It just means good. And if it's for a if it's for a person, it means attractive. Okay. So, but otherwise it's just really great. Like, oh, those okay. shoes, your your new trainers, trainers in British English, sneakers in you American English. Sneakers in American English. Yeah. yeah, those trainers are lush, meaning they're really nice. Awesome. Yeah. We would say awesome. Yeah, look awesome. Look more. good. Looking looks yeah. good. Basically, good looking. Okay. I would yeah. say, but also you can say things like, "Oh, we had we had a lush time on a holiday." Okay. We had a lush time on my birthday. Also means really good. So it's really good or really attractive. Okay. Hmm. Um, and if you if you ever there's a TV show which I don't know if you've ever heard of. It's called Gavin and Stacey. Um, I've heard of it. It's great. Like it's really good, and it's it's like basically uh, a couple. Gavin and Stacey are the couple. Uh, Gavin is from Essex, which is just to the east of London, and Stacey mm-hmm. is from uh, Barry Island, which is Wales, um, South Wales. And she's got a re- like uh, her and her entire family have got really strong Welsh accents. They're wonderful, and oh, everything's lush. Ev- absolutely, everything's lush. I can't do the accent. I could, if I start doing Welsh, it start, starts to come out like that. It's sort of like a southwest sort of thing. Anyway, I can't really do Welsh, but um, and, and and like what, the Welsh use lush more often than the Londoners. It's lush, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely, certainly in in that part of Wales. Like I think where's Barry Island, southwest, southwest Wales, uh, Barry Island. Um, hold on a minute. Um, it's right at the southern point of uh, southernmost part of Wales, so Cardiff, mm-hmm. Cardiff, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. so not that far from like the southwest of England. Anyway, Sebastian, um, two more things. Uh, grotty. Oh, I'm feeling a bit grotty today. 
uh, in a bad mood. No, it means you feel physically not very good. Oh, okay. You feel fe- feeling under like the weather. Uh, yeah. Under the weather. Like, uh, I don't know, just like uh, maybe I had too much to drink last night. I'm feeling a bit grotty. Or I smoked a cigarette earlier, a terrible idea. And now yeah. I feel ugh, I feel, re- feel dead grotty now. It's, it's a good word because it sounds like what it's supposed to say, what, y- what it means. Yeah. I find myself grotty. I find myself using it a lot when I'm walking the streets of Paris with my daughter. I'm like, no, 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 don't go over there. Always oh, look, it's all grotty over there. So it's kind of like sketchy. Well, I, so I used it then before, right? Saying if you feel grotty, if you feel grotty, it feels you, yeah. you feel sort of a bit d- disgusting or something. Um, yeah. Like you feel a bit unwell. Ugh, feel a bit grotty like exactly like you would feel if you smoked a cigarette for no reason yeah. you know like if you don't smoke and then you smoke a cigarette yeah, like, like, Ugh. Ugh. Ugh, i feel so <laughs> grotty uh but also you use it to just mean dirty and unclean um so my as you'll know having lived in paris um uh some lots, air, of, grottiness. lots of grotty places like doorways steps Places where people urinate on the street. That's best. That's right, listeners. I know that many people have got this view of Paris, which is that it's like that film Amelie, and it's all flowers and Montmartre and croissants. And there is that part yeah. <laughs> that does exist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But there's also grotty corners where some drunk guy did a pee and maybe something else, or where Amelie went to pee. We don't know <laughs> <laughs> what she does when the camera's not rolling. When she's drunk and grotty on <laughs> Friday night. Um, okay, and then finally, well, tar. Tar, T A R. T A. T A R. T A R. No, just T-A. Tar. So, for example, if you if I say, can you pass me the sugar? And you go, there you go. And I'd say, tar. Thanks. Yeah. Is it just like, is it coming from the word thanks? I guess so. Yeah, it must be a short version of thanks. But I mean, again, it's not something that people really think about. We don't really ever have to question where it comes from. Everyone just knows. Ta means thanks. And it's very... Can you guys, can can you be that lazy (laughs) that you had to cut thanks down to ta? It's not ta, it's ta, ta. Ta, ta. Ta. Tar. Tar, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, even even very masculine blokes would say tar. Tar. There you go, mate. Tar. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not even like a you know a little dainty feminine like, sort of expression. Yeah. Tar. No, it's like all right. Tar. Cheers. Nice one. See you later, mate. All right. Cheers. Tar. See you later. I like cheers. You know, we don't have cheers. Cheers is like thanks mm-hmm. uh but it's also like can also be like goodbye mm-hmm. right yeah that's correct it seems like one of those words that can be lots of things it's like a nice word we know it's all like in all its senses are it's nice it's polite but it's not really clear what cheers is it's like kind of thanks kind of bye yeah okay so basically three things it's thanks so you give me something and i go all right cheers mate yeah. Thanks. Or like, you know, cheers. Thanks for being on the podcast. All right. Cheers. Uh, meaning thank you. And also cheers can mean goodbye. 
It's like, all right, mate. Yeah, but, see, see you later. Okay, cheers. Bye. See you later. Cheers. Yeah. And you, we often write it at the end of informal emails. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll catch up with you later. All right, then. Cheers, Luke. Um, but I think it's also like, as you just said, it's like you're welcome too. Like if I were if I were to give you a beer, mm. you'd say thank you, and I'd say cheers. No, nah, it's not. You're welcome. It's just thanks. So it's like you okay. give me the you give me the beer, and I'd say cheers, meaning thanks. And then we lift our glasses and we say cheers when we actually clink the glasses together. That's the yeah. third. That's the third thing. That's the only way we use it in, in America. Cheers is when you're toasting something, having a drink. Um, yeah, yeah with, a, with a drink. But I thought cheers would be like if I give you something, whether it be let's like, say get out of alcohol, let's say coffee. I give you a coffee. You say cheers. Oh no, so sorry. You th- say thanks. I thought I could say cheers, kind of like. Huh. Kind of like a way to say a mix between your welcome and and don't mention it. Kind no, of. not really. No, no. It's, no. it's okay. just thanks. So it's the, the okay. three things: uh, thanks, yeah. like time, and it's sort of like goodbye. And also, yeah. it's when you take a drink with someone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Shall I just do one more, just to kind of um, yeah finish? The, so um, so a chin wag. We've had a good chin wag <laughs> conversation. Yes. Is that what? Is that right? A conversation, exactly. And you, you work because it out. when you talk a lot, your chin wags. Your chin right? goes up and down. Okay. Having yeah, a chin wag, right. your chin wags yeah. up and down. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so there you go. That's it. Yeah, I, 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 lots I didn't know. I'm, I, well, it's, it's really rich. I don't know how many you got right. I wasn't counting. Maybe I need to go back through this and count and get a score. I because- didn't. I, I did not get fifty percent. You think you got less than 50%? I also yeah. think that you were looking through the words and you skipped ones that would have been too easy. Yeah, I mean, some of the other ones... I mean, also, I skipped ones that were just a bit sort of stupid, or th- ones I don't really yeah. use. Okay. I've got some other ones. Like, it's all gone pear-shaped. <laughs> it's a great expression. I should have put that one in. What, down the drain? It's all gone down like... the... It's all gone down know. the drain means it's done it's all it's 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 it's, gone badly it's gone bad and you can't recover it yeah uh uh but it's gone pear-shaped means it's just gone wrong okay so imagine what used to be a circle has now become pear-shaped (laughs) it's somehow it's kind of gone wrong somehow Uh. it's all gone pear-shaped so if you're out on a night out you've gone out uh on the lash maybe you've gone out on the pull and you're out with your yeah. friends and you're having your drinks and stuff and you're on the town going to different places and then, you know... You're thing, chin wagging a bit. Having a good chin wag with your mates. And, uh, you know, you have too many drinks. One thing leads to another and it's all gone pear-shaped. You've lost half your friends. Every, one guy's sick. Your wallet. You, you've, yeah, someone's taken your wallet and it's just an average um, Friday night at 2 a.m. on your average English high street where people are passed out on the street the police are there there are ambulances and some guys are having a fight over there and it's just like some kind of medieval scene it's all gone pear-shaped it's all gone wrong <laughs> but it's not just for that it could be anything like i don't know what like uh um oh, what else could go pear-shaped just any plans that kind of go wrong like yeah if, yeah if you've got like if we were having technical issues with this podcast yeah perfect working yeah, if the microphones aren't working and people keep dropping out of the live stream and it's like, oh God, it's all gone pear-shaped. 
So there you go. Well, and that, so there are others. I, I'll link the uh, article for the listeners onto the page for the episode so that they can check the whole thing out and see all 50 of these things. I've done episodes about slang before. I'll mention that um, as I do some sort of outro for this episode. But um, Sebastian, thank you very much for being back on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Cheers. We, we can do uh, perhaps one with American slang i don't know if that would interest you yeah certainly but there's a whole slew of american words that are probably not used in england probably you guys know them but i don't think you guys really use them and um another thing which is not really english but but yiddish it has there's so many yiddish words yeah i'm coming you know i'm jewish and i'm coming from the new york jewish culture yeah and there's lots of yiddish words that we use that have pretty much become English words, like we've used them so much, and and that could be I don't know if that's kind of oh, that'd be great. Going, it's it's too far outside. The, Not the at all. The, I I think actually that English, I there are probably a few Yiddish words that I use in my life. So, yeah. I mean, we'll mention them now. We're near the end of the episode, but we can we can do this again if we do this thing about American slang, which I think is a great idea. Um, so I, I do say the word schlep. I've been schlepping this bag yeah. around town all day. Is yeah. that is that from Very Yiddish? Common. It's definitely Yiddish, yeah. Schlepping meaning carrying something kind of big or heavy. Heavy, yeah. <laughs> um, and also that thing of like, um, um, I don't know, what would it be like? Um, I don't know. It, it, uh, I've just got to try and think of a good example of this. Uh so if I keep going on about the Beatles all the time, because I'm a huge fan, and the other person I'm talking to is not interested, they're like, oh, Beatles, Schmeetles. <laughs> is that Yiddish? I don't, no, I don't think, that, I don't think that's, that's Yiddish. <laughs> Sounds uh, like, it sounded like it to me. I thought yeah, it might just have because been. we have a sh sound, uh, but I, I don't think that originally comes from... No. Because you could use that for anything. I like you're like, oh, podcast, smodcast. Like, <laughs> Good name for a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so you no, know, I don't think there is any Yiddish roots in, in in that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll I'll let you explore that further. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, but if, 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 if you want to do a, a, an American slang, that then we could branch out into some more specific uh, slang, like Yiddish slang. I'd love to do that. I, yeah, I think Yiddish has gotten into so prevalent in, in American English, partly because um people in new york use it a lot and you know lots of shows are written in new york and you know filmed in new york and so naturally it kind of just gets exported to the rest of the country and probably abroad like you say schlep i mean it's, it's also because there's sometimes they're perfect words yeah just like in any language sometimes there's a very good word that implies that has a very specific meaning that you know, you can't really find a, a, another word that means exactly that thing. Schlep is is the idea of carrying something heavy, and you're suffering because of it. <laughs> like, yeah, and you're like, you, you, you let's say you've got you've picked up a box from the post office for your wife, and you realise that you've got to make a trip, and you've got to carry this box across town. So you're schlepping the box around all yeah. day. And you could also say it's a schlep. Like if you were like, oh, come over for my podcast uh come over to my place and you know i'm uh, i live across town and be oh it's a schlep meaning it's 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 far and it's annoying to get there 
You can say it's a it's a schlep. It's a real schlep. Like a, it's a real schlep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. Let's do let's do one about American slang anytime. That would be good. Yeah. But in any case, enjoy the countryside. I don't know which part of the countryside you're in, but enjoy it. The Loire Atlantique. Oh, that's nice. It's where where Nantes, like not too far from Nantes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like Brittany, Southern Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. lovely okay well yeah. in, enjoy it over there and um, thank you and uh, see you when all this craziness is over hopefully see you properly soon in some format yeah, yeah. In, in physical in actual physical normal life presence yeah yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> all right bedtime yeah maybe I don't thank know you very much you. yeah cheers mate yeah of course <laughs> thank you <laughs> okay bye-bye bye bye you can already see that chilling the glass out. That's a good thing. It's gorgeous, it's gorgeous. You've got perfect eyes, perfect eyes, and a really cold glass. Really cold glass. Till then, I'll be somewhere getting better than a dancing pajama. Righty ho, then, that was Sebastian Marks. Thank you, Sebastian. And 18 bits of English slang. Maybe more than 18. Certainly loads of stuff. Um, Anyway, officially 18 bits of English, British English slang. So how many things did he get right? How many things did he know? At the beginning, he predicted that he would get 50% correct, I think. Well, out of 18 items, he identified seven. And my criteria for getting it right was whether he knew the word or phrase already or if he worked it out correctly uh, first guess from my example so based on that criteria he got 7 out of 18 what's that as a percentage? do you know? 7 out of 18 as a percentage some of the mathematicians out there listening are already already on it you've probably that's your brain working it out you've uh, seven uh, seven out of 18 as a percentage hold on a minute luke yeah got it some of you have already worked it out but i personally need a calculator to work that one out i should probably use a calculator unless you want to listen to me working that out in my head but trust me you don't want to listen to that it would be mostly silence of me going well i think uh, seven you don't want to listen to that i don't actually i don't think i can do it anyway the result is 38 point Wait a minute. 38.8888888889. I don't know why there's like a random nine at the end. It's not random, Luke. It's maths. I don't know why there's a nine at the end of that number. 38 point... How many eights was it? 38.8888888889. Basically, let's round that up to 39%. Which is a clear fail. I think everyone can agree. Sorry, Sebastian, but he knew. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, you know, what happens? Oh, you didn't know that English slang. <laughs> Never mind. Carry on with your life. It's fine. Anyway, what does this mean? I'm not sure, except that it proves something about American and British culture and language. Sebastian made the point during the episode, and I think I've said it before previously, like in that slang game I did with Jennifer from English Across the Pond last year in an episode. Do you remember that? It was called the UK versus USA slang game or something. We did a similar thing. So the point is that basically British people are way more familiar with American English 
than Americans, and of course I mean people from the USA, Americans, um, Brits are more familiar with American English than Americans are with uh, British English because we're exposed to a lot more American culture through TV and film than Americans are exposed to British culture. Why do you keep saying Americans like that? It's just the sort of... It's a kind of old-fashioned BBC sort of pronunciation. America. <laughs> I don't know. Listen to the episode called The Day to Day to find out more about America like that. Anyway, America produces, and North America, the United States of America, sorry to all those other people who live in the continent of America who get sort of bent out of shape when they hear people say America and they mean United States of America. Sorry, everyone. The world apologises for that. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. We, we've just all come to say America, meaning the United States. The United States produces tons of TV and film, of course, and exports a massive amount too. So they make loads of TV and film and they export loads of it too. But it doesn't import as much TV and film as it exports. Um, basically, most Americans don't get exposed to that much British English, certainly not the kind of informal uh, slang, local stuff that we touched on in this episode. Big surprise. Not really. We knew this about the USA. Big place, quite loud on the world stage, exports a lot of stuff, a lot of culture, but to a large extent doesn't really look beyond its own borders all that much, relatively speaking. I mean, I say that, but um, I know for a fact there are plenty of uh, American people who are very international in their mindset. And, um, you know, I don't mean to generalise. Hmm... But uh, there you go. Anyway, never mind all that geopolitical stuff and also generalising about all Americans are like this, aren't they? I can't stand that, really. I just enjoyed chatting with Sebastian in this episode and sharing some of my version of English with him. That is more interesting and fun for me than sort of saying, Americans don't know, you know, whatever. What about you? How much of the slang in this episode did you know? I've definitely talked about some of those things before, but I bet there were one or two new things in there too. But how much of it did you know and how much did you learn from me in previous episodes? And if you didn't get it from me, where have you learnt British slang? Let me know in the comments section. Where'd you get your slang from? Also, feel free to add other bits of British slang that you think is especially quintessentially British in the comments section. All the slang that I tested Sebastian on is listed on the page for this episode on the website, so check it out. That's where you can see specific spellings of words and phrases, and uh, you can also check out some example sentences and definitions that I've given for you there. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Um, talking of British English expressions, I must finish that series that I started last autumn which was called 88 English Expressions That Will Confuse Everyone. Remember that? I did parts one and two. I still have part three. I still have about 25-ish expressions left to cover, I think, so I must get round to doing that. Sometimes that happens. I kind of, I don't know, I, I, I have one other episode that I need to do, or I say, I'm going to do this episode. I kind of promise it, 
and then it doesn't happen because my podcast is a bit like a big slow moving ship okay imagine uh, uh, like a big slow moving ship sometimes i miss something or i forget something and kind of sail past it but for some reason it's very hard to stop the ship or turn it round and go back so if i don't do a specific episode i was planning to do at one point general momentum just keeps pushing me forwards and it's difficult to turn the ship around and go back and kind of you know go back and do do whatever it is that i should have done so i'm not sure why this is but there it is um now there's some stuff to mention at the end here we're nearly finished but uh, i've just got some things to ramble on about at the end some stuff to mention First of all, I just want to say thank you for lovely, lovely, lovely comments from lovely, lovely listeners on the last episode of the podcast. That was episode 664 with my wife, um, Mrs. Thompson, the wife. Lovely, lovely comments from lovely, lovely Lepsters. Thank you. Um, Comments came in in different locations like YouTube, on the website, Twitter, by email. Um, Many people said very nice things. Lots of people also said, you weren't speaking too quickly, Luke. I don't know. I was concerned. I was thinking, oh, no, I'm I'm really talking too fast. And I was also concerned that I was cutting my wife off. But everything's fine, isn't it? It's all okay. But anyway, thank you very much for nice comments and for saying nice things. I'm glad that you enjoyed listening to that uh, episode. All right, that's good. Uh, and my wife, I showed her the comments and she said that the comments were cute and lovely. So thank you very much. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Nice, 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 nice. Good. Um, hmm, what else? Well, something evil this way comes. Episode, what's the next episode of this podcast? That's right. It's episode 666. Episode 666 is next. 666, often described as the number of the beast, the mark of the devil. Lots of people have been asking if I'm planning anything special for episode 666. Now, I don't believe in all of that stuff. I don't believe in all that kind of, uh, you know, devil, devil type stuff. I'm not really superstitious. But anyway, lots of people have been asking if I'm planning anything special for that. Well, you will just have to wait and see. Okay, so I'm just going to leave you with that. But episode 666 is due to be next, and we'll see what comes in that one. Okay, but until then, I shall bid you farewell, and I hope that you stay well and healthy and fit and happy and all those things. And uh, end the episode, Luke. Okay, thank you for listening to this. Speak to you in the next one. For now, it's time to say... Goodbye, bye, 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.